Are you listening to A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine on Apple Podcasts? Well, if you are, please make sure that you leave us a review. Now, of course, we would love five stars, but if anything, we want to hear how you are enjoying the show. Now back to A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. Okay, cool. Well, with that being said, welcome all to another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. I got to tell you all, I'm super excited to have our guest on this season because this is the quad shot season. And let me tell you something, with this being the fourth quarter, as we slowly head into 2023, I know we can all use a quad shot of something. Uh, But either way it goes, today you're going to get a quad shot of black joy as well as caffeine. So on today's show, we have Jason. Jason, how's it going, man? Oh, man, it's uh, it's going. Um, you know, it's uh, it's the end of the, it's the fourth quarter, as you mentioned. End of the year is approaching. Um, you know, it's kind of the, the sprint to, to the finish line. But I'm well. You know, I'm blessed. I'm grateful. I'm healthy. Yeah. Uh, I can't complain. Nice. Well, tell the people at home a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm going to introduce myself as Jason Rosario, um, and I rolled my R's on purpose because that's an important part of who I am. I am an Afro-Latino native New Yorker, um, and I am currently the chief diversity officer at uh, BBDO Worldwide. Um, and, you know, it's it's interesting. I'm happy to have this conversation, and I'm honored to be on this uh, podcast with you because, you know, I, I was just looking at the history of all the people that you've had on these shows, and and just the people that are on these uh, for the season. And I'm just like, man, I, I feel like such the, uh, an outsider, right? As someone that's relatively new to the industry, but is leading such important work at, at such an important agency. So, um, you know, I, I don't have a background in diversity or in advertising pers- specifically. Um, I kind of draw on, um, and I know we're, we're going to get into that in conversation, but I draw on a lot of lived experience uh, and, and traverse many landscapes in my career. And so I bring all of that to to the table to do what I do. Um, so I'm not big on labels. You know, I'm just a, a, a mover of culture. I try to be a, a good steward of our culture uh, yeah. and try to do right by it and um, and hopefully make an impact along the way. I love it. I love it. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. I had to have you on. And, you know, the reason why I wanted to have this podcast is to really give people their flowers. I mean, I think Jason is also being very humble. But even outside (laughs) of that, he has worked on numerous brands and top clients, whether that is from Netflix, Yahoo, um, as well as um, Spotify, Huffington Post, and so many more. Um, He just mentioned that, you know, he currently is the chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer um, at BBDO Worldwide. So we'll definitely dive into your day-to-day. But um, I think one of the things that have always stood out, you know, with you, Jason, that I kind of resonated with is you honestly were one of the first people where I think when it came to the narrative of just masculinity and men in general, and also men self-care, taking care of themselves, that it was like my first time really hearing about it, you know what I mean? To where now it's it's almost interesting because I kind of feel like it's now being put in the trendy bucket to where when you were, you know, 
trendsetter. Just just claim it. Just say it. When you were talking about it, it was in the very early stages. So, I mean, I'm super excited to have you on this show. Definitely, we know so many of the different um, accolades that you received and also um, the organizations such as Ad Color and also the one show that you contribute to. But um, I'm excited to have you here today and also excited to talk with you. So thank you for joining the podcast. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Do you remember the first time we met? It had to be at one of two places. It was either at the Ad Color Champions Lunch. That was it. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that you know, speak, you know, talk about kind of looking back at history and connecting dots. That was such an important day for me. Um, it, and I would actually say that it's probably one of the the many reasons why I'm here today, right? It's just the people that I met. I met Tiff that that, that day. That's crazy. Uh, and I'm sure Tiff is uh is probably the 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 common denominator as far as people that are name dropped on these episodes. Um, but yeah, so so that that yeah, so I remember that day vividly. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember, I mean, I think just like, you know, just your openness in the room, what you were doing. And so I remember that day vividly, but then I also remember. Um, I also remember my last ad color experience very vividly because I think that's when you just obtained your current role that you were in. Cause I think you had presented, that was, that was actually, it might've been during the pandemic. I know we were doing everything uh, virtual and you were presenting at ad color. So just always kind of, um, you know, on, on the ground and definitely close to the culture. Now, let me ask you this. I was reading your bio and you were born and raised in New York. What do you think it is about New York that, you know, it just remains home for so many people? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it's New York has changed, right? Um, the New York that I know and love has changed so many times. And, and I think oftentimes it's funny, I meet people and they're like, wow, you're a native New Yorker, because that's such a strange thing nowadays. Everyone seems to be trans a transplant from somewhere else. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, they bring uh, a new flavor to, to, the, to the city, and it kind of just evolves from there. But what I love about New York is that, you know, it's the old age adage that you know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And that yeah. is so true. Um, you know, I come from, I was raised in the Bronx, um, you know, and for all intents and purposes, I'm not supposed to be here, right, as a young Black man growing up product of a single parent home, oldest of, of seven kids, and, you know, just kind of having all those challenges that I'm present, that I was presented with on a daily basis, um, but still having the the wherewithal and the strength and, and quite frankly, the opportunity and the, and the outlets uh, to find my way and, and kind of find my path. And, and I credit all of that to a couple of things. One is growing up in a city that has, you know, if you look for it, if you put yourself in, in positions to receive it, a lot of opportunities, um, but also develops a toughness, right? Um, and and the sense of, call it street smarts, call it, you know, intuition, call it survival instinct, but very, very important skills that we are not, that's not, they're not taught in school. Um, and I think those two things combined, right? Like my, my educational upbringing, but also my kind of street smarts and my ruggedness, if you will, that is only developed by growing up in a place like this, um, has made me who I am. And I think I bring both of those things to the boardroom today. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the ability to kind of uh, articulate very difficult and complex strategies, if you will, and kind of, you know, run with them. But then also having the the intuition, if you will, that I've developed for survival um, to, to see some things through, I think that's critically important. So I think New York has shaped me. Um, it's home uh, and it's and it's a special place for sure. 
Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that, you know. Um, prior to Jason actually being at BBDO, Jason worked for the Verizon Media Group as a manager on global diversity and inclusion, and he also was the executive producer and host of the Yahoo News original web series, Dare Men. Jason, I would love for you to talk a little bit about that series. I mean, you know, I just chatted a little bit about this mm -hmm. conversation of, um, I think, masculinity along with um, the state and well-being of Black men in general. But what sparked um, that that web series? Yeah, well, you know, what, what we didn't talk about was that my background is not in uh, advertising or in any of this, right? It's in finance. You know, I like mm -hmm. to joke that I'm a former finance guy, um, it, you know, and kind of just reformed and found his way into this creative uh, field and space. Um, so I think the beginning of that story, there's two real answers to that, right? The practical answer is that in 2016, I left finance, I left my job uh, at working at a bank to launch the lives of men uh, in order to kind of answer what was happening at the time with the police shootings, right? You remember Philando Castile and Terrence Crutcher, you know, and the ways that we were being depicted in media um, broadly as black and brown men was just horrific. Um, you know, and it continues to happen today, right? So patterns continue to repeat, but that was my my way of kind of meeting the moment. Um, but then on a more esoteric kind of personal level, uh, as I mentioned, I grew up with a, without a consistent father figure in the home. And so my journey uh, in becoming a man was in large part shaped by negative confirmation, right? Learning how to be a man by watching men that weren't kind of doing the things that I thought were, were appropriate or responsible, uh, observing the women in my life and their experiences with men, uh, and then just making my own mistakes. And so I wanted to launch a platform that was a vehicle for my own healing, first and foremost. Um, and then something that, uh, as I kind of started to develop, uh, became, you know, through conversations with friends, uh, something that I thought uh, could be a benefit to other men um, that either shared my my background or not, um, mm -hmm. but that were on a similar journey of just exploring themselves, right? And, and really trying to understand who they were in this world that um, tells us that we need to be a certain type of man. So that was the beginning of it. Um, and this was 2016. So Fast forward a few months after I launched this platform that I didn't expect to be what it became, um, it, it Me Too goes viral. And then all of a sudden now we have this conversation uh, in the culture around what does it mean to be a healthy, responsible uh, Black man? And so yeah. that kind of led to the show with Dear Men. I was working with Verizon Media Group at the time on their diversity team. Uh, and I pitched this idea for a docu-series conversation where I sat down with men from across all backgrounds and really connected their journeys through masculinity, uh, whether you were an athlete. So I interviewed folks like Kevin Love, um, whether you're a hip hop artist, um, I interviewed uh, Swiss Beats. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. It's so showtime. It's showtime. <laughs> exactly. And he's from the Bronx. And he's from the Bronx. So, um, you know, so you know, having those conversations with men uh, and around topics that you wouldn't normally expect them to talk about was really healing and, and revealing. Um, and I think it was incredibly well received in that regard, in that it just made other men, other brothers that was that were watching it feel like they weren't alone. Right. Um, and that some of the things that we were discussing, mental health, depression, et cetera, weren't things that they were uh, going through in isolation. Yeah. 
I mean, we're almost coming up on roughly around, I, I guess you could say, what, five years since the launch yep. of that series. Um, how much progress do you think that we've made through these narratives? Um, I know that that's either a, a loaded question or probably a complex question, both. But are you noticing um, like that there's any uh, differences um, within the overall narrative? I think so. I think you mentioned earlier that it's become a trend now. Um, and and I don't necessarily, I mean, I feel a couple of different ways about that. You know, uh, as someone who feels strongly about this work and believes that it is my life's work, um, I do feel a certain way when I see it commoditized in the ways that it has been. There's a lot of money to be made in the masculinity space, right. um, you know, and so I understand that, you know, that's just the way of the world. Uh, but I also feel like it's a good thing in that, if nothing else, the point was to have these conversations. The point was always to bring this to the forefront and engage men in these conversations because it was in service to a couple things. Number one, yes, of course, it was for our own healing, but it was also for the sake of the people in our lives, right? Whether, you know, you are a brother or a son, a husband, a father, you know, a, a member of your community, this was really about encouraging men to examine how we show up in those spaces and, and therefore bring about stronger communities. So if if that's what's happened um, through this kind of be the popularization of this conversation, then so be it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and you mentioned, you know, this being your life work. I mean, the reason why I wanted to have people of your nature, uh, we've also had, uh, well, we actually this season, we have Tiffany uh, Edwards on the show, you know, I think very similar in terms of um, a lot of the work, obviously, Tiffany R. Warren that we mentioned, and then you're the Chief Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Officer uh, for DD, uh, or excuse me, for BBDO. You know, to that standpoint, I, I'm always fascinated and interested to know what are some of the things behind the scenes in your position that you feel people just will never get and or never know? Because I think that we all see it front facing, right? And, and a lot of people make a lot of assumptions, but if you could give us a peek behind the curtain into your position, I would love to know more because I think even through us knowing more um, individuals that aren't in that position, um, it allows us to support and also allows us to navigate in our in our positions a little differently in a supportive role. Yeah, well, that's a great question because I think those of us that are DEI practitioners um, are one. It's a very emotional role. It's a very emotionally taxing role and 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 work, right? Uh, and so I think oftentimes we don't spend enough time talking about the emotional toll that it takes on us, having to or wanting to bring about equity inside of corporate spaces, right? When you think about, and I don't want to have a conversation about dismantling capitalism, right? There's a whole yeah, nother, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. when you think about, you know, we all work for for-profit businesses. And so when you think about it being, you know, capitalism, as it were, is fundamentally or diametrically opposed to equity, right? Um, they, those two things are always going to jive. And so how do we bring, how do we as DNI practitioners kind of build a bridge so that, you know, our companies in our, in our organizations take our work seriously and see it as fundamentally part of the fabric of, of what they, they're they here to do and exist, right? And so, you know, part of what I think um, is happening right now is an evolution of DEI work and chief diversity officers, right? We're not just the folks that are tasked with building culture and creating cultures of inclusion inside of our agencies. That's a big part of the work and will always continue. But I think increasingly we're becoming uh, much more client facing uh, and much more business savvy and business focused 
Because as I mentioned, if we work for for-profit businesses and we all have heard all of the reports that say DEI is good for business, then how do we prove that out? And so yeah. that's part of what we were tasked to do, right? Is to really move um, this work from a cost center uh, to a revenue driver. Um, and, and I think that's an incredibly important part of what I think I'm here to do as a chief diversity officer. I love that. You know, you mentioned the emotion, just the overall, emo how, um, how much emotion goes into it, how it could be taxing. And I think that so many individuals that at least tried had a good heart with it. I think especially over these last three years, you know, you felt that. Um, I know I felt that for sure. You know, I mean, knowing like I'm thinking about people like you or Tiffany or and I'm just like, I don't need I'm like, OK, I get it now. I'm like, there's this is a lot, you know, mm -hmm. but something that keeps me lifted um obviously caffeine i think people don't realize how, i think people don't realize how literal the show is is also music and i one thing that that i was reading in your bio is that you are also a huge music lover yeah. to that point i hate to put you on the spot some people have to go to apple music yeah, yeah. say the album of the year for you for this year what album would that be Man, I am gonna go to Apple Music. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give hard. you two then. I'll give uh, you two then. I'll give you two. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's really hard. Um, because ah, I can easily say Kendrick. I mean, I think that the easy thing is just what what comes to mind. Yeah, what comes um, to mind? Well, I'll take that. What comes to mind. I mean, the Kendrick album is incredible. Uh, I really love the uh, Jasmine Sullivan album. Um, that was an incredible album. And, and it's funny because as a man, you know, uh, it, it was it wasn't met, it wasn't made for us directly. Um, but oh, it was. It let us know. Or it it let us know. <laughs> or it was. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that I'm listening to a lot of different things. Right. I'm listening to everything from, you know, some Afro beats to Amapiano to, you know, um, old school Al Jarreau to like. You know, I mean, it's it's everything. I'm listening to some salsa music as well, like a lot of Spanish music. So it depends. I mean, album of the year, the Bad Bunny album, you know, depending, mm. you know, the mood you're in, uh, that was an incredible album as well. So so it just depends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just what he's doing in that space in terms of the stadium tour and everything, oh. like, I'm like, I should have got a ticket. I'm still, I don't know if the tour is over yet, but I definitely want to try to go because uh, he's making history for sure. Um, can I make a, can I make a point there? Cause I think it's, I think it's aligned with what we're talking about with D and I, right? Like please. this gentleman does not speak English, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he does, right? But he's not like a native English speaker and he's doing all of this in Spanish language and it's traversing so many cultures, right? Like yeah. everyone's listening to Bad Bunny, everybody. Oh so yeah. I think that's the power of music, right? And that's the power of the art form is that it just transcends culture in a way that is, that is, unlike anything else right and so i think that's incredibly powerful so i'm gonna i'm gonna say him right just because of the sheer not only the quality of the album but also the power and the you know the the scale of 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 kind of its impact so far absolutely and i mean he's been going for a minute i mean the artwork just in itself on the cover is really really beautiful um i had the first i got to see him perform live not on tour but i actually went to the latin grammys last year um which no shade. I don't think I'll ever go to the Grammy, but like it was popping. Like, I mean, it was just, it was live. Gloria Stefan opened and it was just like, the energy was great. It just felt 
it felt like family, you know, um, in, in like a different type of way. And I've been to a lot of different, you know, events of that nature. But yeah, Bad Bunny for sure. I'll take that. So you all heard it here first. If you have not checked that that, that album, make sure that you do that. Yeah. Um, you know, Jason, we're calling this the quad shot season, meaning that, you know, anytime you take a quad shot of anything, you're going to be on 100. If there's mm -hmm. anything going into 2023 that based on our audience, knowing that we're talking to a lot of individuals in the creative industry, marketing, advertising, PR, what do you think people need a quad shot of the most? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think they need a quad shot of self-love mm. and self-care. Um, I think we we are in the midst of some turbulent, it just seems like it's a nonstop, one after the other, major life social thing to consider, right? We just, we're still kind of emerging from this pandemic, yeah. uh, still about two and a half years, three years removed from you know the 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 civil unrest and um, you know brought about by George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, uh, and now we're kind of experiencing the beginnings of of a recession. It's just like man, where where does it end? And you know, there's no coincidence that here we are talking at this time of the year, going into kind of transition transitioning from fall to winter. Um, this period of time for me personally is always one that kind of comes with a lot of you know, many periods of hibernation, right? Like many periods of like taking a step back um, and really, you know, reassessing kind of where, how I, where I am today and where I'm wanting to go and reflecting on the past. So I think from a quad shot standpoint, I'm going to say four things are important. Um, trust yourself, right? Listen to your intuition. Um, I believe in that so much that I actually tattooed it on my hand, right? It's like right. this idea of, you know, trusting your intuition and trusting, you know, who you are in the world and what you what value you have to offer um, is something that we're not taught of, as, especially as Black and Brown folks. Um, leading with vulnerability, right? As a leader, one of the things that I feel is my superpower is making sure that I'm trying my best to redefine the leadership archetype, right? Like we have a, a an idea of what a leader should be, right? Stoic and unemotional and unapproachable. Uh, and I'm not any of those things, right? Like I try to be the anti those things, right? So it's really redefining the archetypes of leadership that we've been taught and finding ways to, to be a new kind of leader. Uh, I actually tweeted about this. I said, we need less thought leaders and more thought and more thoughtful leaders, yeah. right? So we less thought leaders and more thoughtful leaders, right? Leaders that kind of lead with the heart. Um, find time to play, right? Like this idea of you know life is short, so how are you accessing play in your life? Uh, enjoy, right? No coincidence that we're here talking about joy and caffeine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last thing is to remain open, right? Like this idea that you know the world is harsh. There's a lot going on out there, and it's easy to kind of retreat and kind of go back into our cocoons. I'm very guilty of that. But the hard thing is to remain open uh, in the midst of that and kind of just leaning into discomfort and uncertainty and, you know, hoping for the best and, and, and beauty to come from that. I love that. Absolutely beautiful. You know, and you are by no means or you are by all means, you know, living proof of that. Um, by the time this episode would have aired, um, cause I'm roughly not that sure with the timing either. You would, regardless, um, ad color would have, you know, took place and, um, you are nominated as executive. I was one of the, um, DEI executives of the year. So just congratulations on that for sure. 
Um, you know, I think you bring up a good point. I think one last thing that I would love for you to touch on is with being an executive of the year, I think that so much of that involves uh, leadership, but also empathy. How would you challenge other executives to think about their teams and also from a leadership level and also building the, their teams going into 2023? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I said some of it, right? It's this idea of thinking about people. Like we are, and sometimes we get so caught up in the business side of things and the clients and we got to get the work done and all this stuff. Um, and I think it's important to remember that, especially those of us that are DEI practitioners, or, or or you may not even be a DEI practitioner, but you may be adjacent to it. You might be a person of color in an yeah. agency. Um, I think it's important to remember that this work fundamentally is about how people learn, connect, and grow with one another, right? DEI work is about human beings, and yes, it's about the ways that companies do business. It's 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 all it's all those things, but it's really about people. And so, if we can bring it back to that source and and keep the people first, I think we're going to wind up in the right place. I always say to my boss that respectfully, you know, Andrew Robertson is the global C CEO of uh, BBDO. I always tell him, look, I don't work for you. I work for the people. Right. Mm -hmm. and if I report into you and you are, you know, you uh, impact my my direct deposit. <laughs> so I got to keep you happy, make you look good. But yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I work for the people and I and I don't try not to lose sight of that because that's what really will keep me in the seat and keep me fulfilled and keep us going. I love it. You all heard it here first. Um, Jason, do you have anything coming up? What's next? I uh, would love to learn more or and or where can people stay in touch with you to learn more? Yeah, I mean, I think coming up is and um, by the time this thing airs, uh, I think it'll be after ad color, maybe. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I'm really hoping I win this award to, and I'm not <laughs> for awards, you know, but I, I really do. I, I really hope we're I are rooting for you, Jay. We're rooting for you. Oh, I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm, I'm with, I can't wait to see you in person anyway. Like no, I'm excited no. regardless. Yeah. I'm so, excited to be so just look for the, just look for the crazy uh, Ghanaian man sneaking his jaw <laughs> off into the, uh... <laughs> Bring that Joel off, bro. This is the first year that like I'm just coming as me, no director of social, no nothing. So I'm I'm about to turn up, man. Oh, oh it's gonna be great, man. It's gonna be great. So yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Um, one because I think it'll be an incredibly affirming uh moment for me, having come full circle, uh, personally and professionally. Like all of the the decisions and all of the risks that I took to get here having been validated in this way, especially by a community that I'm serving, um, there's no greater, there's no greater honor. Um, and then of course I'm, I'm nominated alongside two industry yeah. superstars, right? Jeff Marshall and, and Kai Devereaux Lawson. So I, I, you know, being nominated alone is a win. Um, and so I don't know how you make this decision. <laughs> you know, so, uh, whoever wins is going to have to pull all the other two up with them. <laughs> But no, but no I mean, I'm, I, that's what's coming up. And then I think as far as how, where people can find me, you know, Instagram, social at Jason Rosario, um, you know, LinkedIn, of course. And, you know, I'm an open book. So you can email me uh, as well at jason.rosario at bbdo.com. All right. I love that. Now, listen, I always give this disclaimer to the listeners. Please do not flood Jay's DM. <laughs> he may or may not respond. This is a busy guy. Trust me. I was trying to get him on this show. So we did that. But, um, I, my brother, I appreciate your grace, uh, you. your 
um, just your your leadership and also your mentorship to so many people wide. I know um, I always say there's an invisible brick wall on the back of every Black man that nobody will ever understand and or see. So um, we appreciate you, man. And I appreciate all of you. Thank you all so much for tuning into another episode of this podcast. I mean, the support has been great. I will make sure to include all of Jason's information in the bio. And as always, stay safe and remember that you deserve a dose of Black joy and caffeine. Take care.